Welcome to Trade Finance Talks, a podcast from Trade Finance Global. During this series, we'll be hearing from global experts, as well as learning about the latest trends, technology and insights in the world of international trade and receivables finance. Episode 130. This podcast is brought to you by CII. Hello everyone, my name is Jayan Sriram and I'll be your host for today. Welcome to another interesting episode of the CII podcast. We know India, during its G20 presidency, which was recently handed over to Brazil, marked a significant milestone in its global leadership role and steered discussions and initiatives among the world's major economies to address complex challenges. Building resilience to structural economic shocks arising from supply chain disruptions was one very important agenda under the B20 task force as it discussed inclusive global value chains for resilient global trade and investment. So what are some of the key challenges that need to be addressed to ensure that global value chains are both inclusive and resilient? What are the emerging trends in technologies that will have a significant impact on the trade, finance and commodity finance sectors? And how can they enhance the resilience of global value chains? Let's find out in discussion today with Mark David Abrams, CEO, Global Head of Trade and Receivables Finance, Trade Finance Global. Mark heads the trade finance offering at TFC, where his team focuses on bringing in alternative structured finance to international trading companies. Thank you so much for making the time today, Mr. Abrams, and and thank you for joining us on the CII podcast. Thanks for having me. So, um, as I mentioned in my introduction, let's just shoot off into the questions. What are some of the key challenges that need to be addressed to ensure that global value chains are both inclusive and resilient? And how can trade finance solutions, something that you work on, contribute to overcoming these challenges? Sure. So, one challenge of ensuring that supply chains are actually inclusive and resilient is how deep the average supply chain is. If you look at a global large supplier, they likely only know the distributor or maybe one step below that. Possibly a large farming cooperative or a large textile plant, depending on the industry. But that's only the first step of a complex web of supply chains. In reality, there are more like four or five steps which are funneled directly into that business. So trade finance solutions, specifically emerging technologies, can help this problem in a few ways. By digitalizing actually certain aspects of trade finance, we're able to verify supply chain systems down to a much lower level. This can help all aspects of ESG. Environmentally, we can track the carbon emissions from the supply chain. For the S and the G, we can implement a more detailed KYC process and ensure that suppliers or distributors are following all the proper ethical codes. Secondly, we can also look on the impact of traditional trade finance combined with better technology. Using the technology, to track the things like carbon emissions and being able to implement some sort of tracking system for KYC issues, trade finance firms and banks can actually give financial incentives or lend at better or improved rates for corporates and SMEs that have a solid that have solid metrics. So this all allows smaller businesses to actually work within this space, expanding inclusivity and also help them create a more resilient supply chain as the industry won't be relying on a few bottlenecked areas. Okay, yeah, thanks for that answer. And I think that sort of lays out a good broad framework. Um, Just to drill down into one thing, how can trade finance and structured finance contribute to making global value chains more inclusive? It's something that you touched on, but perhaps you could expand on it. 
particularly for smaller businesses operating in the commodity sector? Sure. So, so, so in the world of commodities, SMEs often find it tough to get their foot in the door, primarily due to limited access to capital. So, and trade finance can actually change this narrative. Offering tailored financial solutions, so risk mitigation tools, and just generally freeing up working capital, SMEs can have a chance to break into the game. It's all about creating products and understanding and catering to their unique needs. So, because just these businesses and on the trading side are so capital intensive. So an example is a, a new initiative Trade Finance Global has launched this year, so TFG Distribution Finance. So it's a structure that attracts more capital into the market who may not be funding these assets directly. And as an example, earlier this year, we allowed a mid-market trader to increase their availability to liquidity and step out of their main flow. So their main actual established flow to start funding smaller producers and build up new revenue streams in their businesses while also assisting SME suppliers. Yeah, thanks for that example. I think that really you know helps us um get a grasp of this issue. So um, just to move on, um, sustainability and ethical considerations are increasingly important in global trade. So how can trade finance practices align with responsible business conduct, you know, especially in the context of commodity trading? So uh, since trade finance is such a broad ranging subject, it can have a major impact. I've already mentioned a few ways that the trade finance can actually help with inclusivity, but there's also one aspect that's important to discuss. So the trade finance industry needs a set of comprehensive regulations or standards. While we've made progress in recent years with institutions like the ICC releasing their reports on standards, it's still not enough at this moment. It's hard enough to ask companies to look internally and change their practices to adhere to standards, but it becomes much more difficult when there is lack of consistency. I think there's been a significant progress in recent years. So using some of the examples I spoke about earlier, Companies are using digitized uh, supply chain technology now to incentivize cutting carbon emissions. And we've seen financing getting slashed for projects that violate ethical concerns like labor force abuse or corruption. Uh, that needs to continue. But for the progress to be scaled in a way that we all want to see, it will require a concerted effort to standardize. You advise commodity trading firms on international structured trade financings. Um, how can these structures be tailored to promote inclusivity by involving a wider range of participants in the global value chains? So if, if you're a large company, you often uh, afford to have a delay in payment, right? You have that ability to, to do so. So while it may not be ideal waiting for 30 or 60 days payment process to, to actually process, li likely it will not impact your ability to deploy capital elsewhere. But as an SME, a delay in payment until the buyer has actually received the product could be catastrophic and also extended payment terms. That's where trade finance can step in and where trade finance can actually help promote inclusivity. Helping SMEs access the international trade market does not just help elevate communities economically. It helps things like eliminating the gender gap. One example is from the Asian Development Bank, an organization that we work closely with. Their research shows that in the ASEAN region, 59% of SMEs are women-owned. As we actually use structured instruments to bring more and new players into the trading world, we will inherently be increasing uh, inclusivity. Thanks once again for that example um, from the Asian Development Bank. And could you share examples of innovating financing structures that have not only been successful in the commodities sector perhaps, but 
have also enhanced the resilience and inclusivity of of, of global value chains. Absolutely. So, so we and the market are continuing to innovate. So, one of the issues is around lack of credit availability, but more funding actually wanting to come into the market, and we're seeing increased interest from private credit funds and mid-market banks who like the idea of self-liquidating nature of trade finance and how it also attaches to the base rates, which are rising in the current economic environment. So, we're also pushing to educate and break down structures. And the types of facilities that have been developed in the commodity space, but can actually be used in the SME space, so outside of commodities. So a, a lot of that was previously uh, an opaque market. So internally, we've structured TFG Distribution Finance to do this and bringing in that further liquidity into the market, showing ways that financing can happen in different structures and be deployed, but in a safe and structured way. And just as we're finishing up, uh, looking ahead. Um, what emerging trends and technologies do you believe will have a significant impact on the trade finance and commodity finance sectors, and how can they enhance the resilience of global value chains? So, so we'll start with emerging trends, so changing circumstances, both for the macroeconomic environment and geopolitics, has changed the reality for international trade in 2023, and that likely won't change in 2024. So global conflicts don't show any sign of slowing down, and interest rates in the West will likely remain elevated until late in the year. This has actually led to traditional sources of financing becoming less available for many corporates globally, and has led to a rise in alternative financing. So I mentioned what we've done at TFG Distribution Finance, and I think there is there is a need for a further push of bringing in alternative credit and liquidity. Into the trade finance market, especially in the inflationary environment that we're in, and to to ring the digitalization bell one more time, I, I do think that yeah, we'll we'll have that will have a positive impact and continues to do so on trade finance and commodity finance. There are so many technologies that exist, but are in their early stages that will genuinely help these industries and help the global supply chains as a whole. So we need to increase adoption there and education. And whether this is uh, agri-silo monitoring technology, or the use of drones to optimize crop rotations and planting strategies, or to automate application processes for trade finance products, the, the less time spent completing manual and tedious tasks, the more time that can be actually be spent mobilizing capital and bringing new players into the market. Right. So thank you so much. I think we'll end that discussion at that point. And thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Mr. Abrams, and thank you so much for making time today for the CII podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Trade Finance Talks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts at tradefinanceglobal.com.